Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hi, and welcome to It Could Happen Here, uh, a podcast which today is only me and my guest, Nicole. And today we're going to be talking a little bit about immigration, about immigration policy over the last three or four years and about some of the strange laws that impact it. Uh, so Nicole is joining me. She works for Al Otro Lado. And Nicole, would you like to introduce yourself and explain a little bit about what you do? Hi, my name is Nicole Elizabeth Ramos, and I am the director of Al Otro Lado's Border Rights Project, which is based in Tijuana, Mexico. Great. Okay. So I think perhaps to start off with, you could clue people in on, on a little bit of what you guys do, because you do some incredible work, and it's very, very valuable um, to border communities. And I think a lot of people, if they don't live in uh, along the border, might not be familiar with it. Al Otorado, we provide legal orientation to migrants that are considering seeking asylum in the U.S. We started off as a project that focused locally on migrants in Tijuana. And as, over the years, we have expanded to serve migrants in Mexicali and then remotely in other cities along the U.S.-Mexico border, including Reynosa, Matamoros, Juarez, Piedras Negras, Laredo. Uh, and in this legal orientation, we're providing information about what are the current policies at the moment that will impact their ability to seek asylum in the U.S. or prevent them from doing so, uh, or how these policies might be impacting their family composition. So policies that are related to detention or family separation. After we provide legal orientation, we are then identifying asylum seekers that fall into several vulnerability categories 
to provide additional accompaniment through this process. Because the policies are shifting and changing and becoming more restrictive over time, it's very confusing and cumbersome to weed through all of the fuzz and figure out what you need to do in order to seek asylum in the U.S. So that's where we come in. And we provide the orientation in multiple languages. Uh, the border is a very diverse place. It is not just Spanish speakers that are coming, but people that speak Haitian Creole, French, Farsi, indigenous languages, Russian, Ukrainian, Turkish, um, and all of these people need access to information. That's one of the pillars of our program is that migrants have the absolute right to accurate legal information about the process that they will be entering. Among the asylum seekers that we work with, we also identify those that are in need of shelter and make referrals appropriately to shelters for medical care. Uh, in some instances, we assist with obtaining medications or obtaining a needed surgery if the migrant does not have access to those resources, helping them obtain uh, access to HIV medication or hormone treatment. And of those migrants, we are also connecting them with other supportive services from our partners um, that have shelters, that have programs where they're giving them basic dispenses of food because they are struggling with food insecurity trying to create as much of a social safety net as possible because uh, folks are waiting at the border for longer and longer periods of time. The border used to be a place that people passed through. Maybe they were here for a few days before ultimately they were able to present them at a present themselves at a U.S. port of entry um, to a U.S. official and enter the asylum process. However, now we have individuals that have been waiting at the border for years um, who may not have work status in Mexico, may not be Spanish speakers, and are really struggling to meet their basic needs. And so we've had to expand our services from not just legal service provider, provider of legal information, but also providing humanitarian aid so that people can be healthy and as well as possible um, while they're waiting. Yeah, and it it's incredibly valuable, and it's, it's amazing how you guys have, like, can continue to step up and scale up as the federal government has continued to fail people um and i think if people haven't come to the border they probably won't be aware of like you say that diversity of people um who come to the u.s mexico border like i remember a couple of years ago i was working with an aroma translator and we would speak to people who would come from ethiopia people come from eritrea uh, it's, a, it's a very of course people coming from ukraine now it's a very diverse space um which is something that kind of gets collapsed pretty often in border uh, reporting, I think. Like all that diversity gets collapsed into like like just people are lumped together as migrants or people seeking asylum. Um, and that's a shame because it, it's what makes part of what makes it so complicated, but also what makes these border places such kind of interesting and special places. And um, I like what you said about all the sort of services that are provided as well. It's incredible to look at how these services are provided by a huge broad network of like volunteers of nonprofits of, of NGOs, as well as some government agencies and how people have stepped up consistently, especially in the last, I guess, six, seven, I don't know. God, it did seem such a long time. Uh, it's just like since 2016, 2017, how people have stepped up to help each other along the border. So perhaps if we go back, you and I were just talking before we started, if we go back to 2018, which, 
people may or may not remember was the midterm in the middle of Donald Trump's presidency. And a large caravan of people, a group of people, not particularly large or remarkable, a group of people uh, arrived at the border and became kind of the center of something of like a, and they, they became, I, th I think their, their arrival was used uh, by both political parties as part of their sort of midterm messaging. Um, and I think that was maybe for some people, especially if, they, if they're younger and had been watching their news, their sort of first introduction to the asylum process. So can you explain kind of how asylum is supposed to happen? And then maybe we can get into some of the weird and bizarre things that have been happening to it in the past three or four years. Asylum is supposed to be a system that's managed first by, by government authorities um, under Title Eight, Section 1225 of the United States Code. A U.S. immigration officer at a port of entry um, or at any point in between ports of entry, such as Border Patrol, when they are presented with a person that expresses that they have a fear of return to their home country, that they fear persecution, to refer them along the track to be processed as an asylum seeker. Now, that can mean that that person is still detained for the entirety of their asylum case and sent to an immigration detention center. That could also mean that that person is given court paperwork to show up in immigration court at a later date to begin the process of explaining their case to the immigration court and getting a final decision. Um, over the years, uh, beginning at the end of the Obama administration, continuing through the Trump administration, and also continuing even now into the Biden administration, we have seen policies issued by CBP, which restrict access to the port of entry for asylum seekers. Um, initially, it started out in 2016, where the Obama administration came up with a policy called the metering policy, uh, which was known as the wait list, which required at first only Haitian asylum seekers to put their name on a wait list with Mexican immigration authorities. And then they would be called in groups um, to enter the U.S. And that was in response to the exodus of immigrants that we saw coming from Haiti and through Brazil in 2016. The metering list was later expanded to apply to all nationalities, including Mexican migrants that were trying to flee their own country, including those that had legitimate claims for protection of being persecuted by members of their own government. Everyone had to still get on this list. That policy was extended in an ideological framework when the Trump administration came up with a program known as Remain in Mexico and just building upon that idea that it is okay to make asylum seekers wait in territory in which they fear persecution because a lot of people fear persecution in Mexico. Yeah. Um, and under the Remain in Mexico policy, also known as the Migrant Protection Protocols, MPP, <laughs> They, um, we always refer to it as the migrant persecution protocols because it feels. <laughs> yeah. like it's extremely Orwellian, right? Like people like to use Orwellian wrong, but that that one uh, that one's pretty 1984. Yeah, this program required asylum seekers uh, that were entered. They were placed into a, a program called MPP. They were given 
uh, court date and paperwork to appear at court in their nearest border city where there was an immigration court uh, at some date in the future. It could be a few weeks. It could be several months. It could be a year. And in between their court hearings, they would be required to remain in Mexico. They could only go to the port of entry on the date of their court. They would be transported to court and then transported back to, to Mexico after their court, leaving Mexico people in Mexico in limbo for years. And then when the pandemic came, we saw the border close entirely under Title 42. Uh, the Trump administration billed it as necessary to protect the American public. Uh, from migrants that could be carriers of COVID-19. But this is really, you know, no different than other immigration legislation that we've seen throughout history, which tends to paint immigrants as vectors of disease. Um, and we need to just keep them out at, at, at all costs. And under Title 42, it's just a, a, a wall of policy. People try to present themselves at the port of entry and they're turned away. People enter the U.S. Uh, at different points that are not ports of entry without inspection um, and get caught and they're expelled immediately back to Mexico. Or if it's not a country that Mexico will accept an expulsion, they could be detained in U.S. custody and then expelled back to their country of origin without any opportunity to speak with an asylum officer. Um, right now, we have been dealing with Title 42 in a process where certain number of people are exempted from this blanket denial every day. Uh, and different ports of entry along the border participate. Each port of entry has its own cap, numerical cap. Um, and initially, when this program started in May, the names of people that were being submitted as exemptions, the asylum seekers' names, uh, were submitted by civil society organizations, such as Al Otro Lado. Uh, Al Otro Lado, just this year alone, we've submitted around 11,500, I'm sorry, in 2022, 11,500 exemption requests. Um, and that was from individuals from 29 different countries speaking just over 30 different languages. So now, though, the system has recently changed to a smartphone application known as CBP-1, which requires migrants to download this application to their smartphone, assuming that they have a smartphone, yeah. and then complete this lengthy application um, that uh, requires them to upload a photo um, for facial recognition software and wait for an appointment date to be made available. And they have to keep entering the system multiple times and, until an appointment date becomes available, waking up every morning at 5.30 for when the new slots are made available at 6 a.m. And the problem among many problems with this application is that it's, right now it's only available in Spanish and English. So if you speak any other language, you are not able to access it. Um, and we have... To give you an example, um, we have an online survey where people register or try to seek help from us. We have over, since April 21, over 15,000 unique, 50,000 unique responses. Around half of those are from Haitian Creole speakers, cannot access this app to get an appointment. The other issue is, is that the facial recognition software that's integrated into the CBP-1 app, uh, 
you know, there's a lot of studies throughout the years about how the software will lead to false positives or failure to recognize for individuals that have um, Afro-descendant features or individuals that have more indigenous uh, features. And we have seen this firsthand. So many of our Haitian clients are unable to even complete the profile and they are taking photos with cameras that have a decent you know, lens capacity and they still can't get past the facial recognition yeah. software. Yeah, it, it's just uh, like a layers on layers of sort of, it, I don't know, it, sometimes it's just them being like ineffective, sometimes it just seems cruel. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Let's go back a little bit to Title 42 because that word's been thrown around a lot, right? Um, Title 42 isn't an issue. It's not immigration law, is it? It's, it's public health law. Is that right? I guess it's, it's, public, it's a public health policy that's part of immigration law. Yes, it's public health policy that's being applied in the immigration context to close the border. Yeah. And then one thing that I think uh, we've seen a lot recently is like uh, one of the worst accounts on Twitter, which is the Border Patrol Union, likes to <laughs> they do occasionally like tweet their own losses, which is kind of funny. Um, but um, they like to, to throw out these statistics, right, constantly about encounters at the border. Can you explain how under Title 42, each encounter might not be a unique individual? Yeah, Absolutely. Those individuals are overcounted because 
people will make multiple attempts to try to enter the U.S. because they're so desperate. It's a dystopian hellscape on this side of the border with people being trafficked, kidnapped for extortion, tortured, raped, murdered, sold. Uh, And so if that were any reasonable person, you would try 10, 15 times whatever it took to get across to safety and the border patrol union is disingenuous because it knows this. And instead it pulls out a figure that is much larger than what it represents in, in actual people. And they're disingenuous in how they describe it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it doesn't take a, a rocket scientist to see through it. And of course, when we combine this with the, with the wall or the fence or whatever you want to call it, 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 people are crossing in more remote and more dangerous areas, which makes the crossing more risky, right? And, and results in a higher incidence of people dying or hurting themselves trying to cross, which, as you say, it's it's not a reasonable thing to do when you're faced with these terrible circumstances. Yeah, there's a beautiful poem called Home by Warshan Sire, who's a Somali-British poet. And one of the lines is, you don't put your child in a in a boat unless it's safer than the land. No one would attempt to cross a 30-foot wall or wade the Rio Grande or cross the Arizona desert in the middle of summer unless what was behind them, they were so sure, was going to kill them. Yeah. And the way that we've structured the wall and raising the, the height of the wall to make it harder to cross and to build as much wall along the places where it would be a a little bit easier to cross for people making it so the only way to cross is through the most dangerous parts that's an that's intentional yeah that is you know designed for people to die because the government mistakenly believes that if it kills more people that folks will be deterred but that's um not actually what we see on the ground no and um, like it's not a vacuum, right? People are coming from bad things, like making just making the border difficult. Will do nothing more than kill more people, which is what they've succeeded in doing, sadly. And so, and then another thing I wanted to get at as Title Forty Two with this this crazy series of court cases around Title Forty Two, right? So, can you explain like uh, why Title Forty Two hasn't been repealed when we've done away with almost every other protection for people in kind of an ongoing pandemic? Title Forty Two could. <laughs> be repealed if the government was so not so intent on fighting the repeal of Title 42. The ACLU has been in court for the last few years around Title 42 um, in a case called Wisha Wisha uh, v. Mayorkas. And the judge in that case issued a decision in December ruling that turning away asylum seekers using Title 42 as a pretext Um, to turn asylum seekers away was unlawful. However, that decision was stayed. The government requested that the decision be uh, temporarily stayed to give it time to make operational plans. The ACLU did not oppose that stay. And as a result, during that time, a group of conservative states filed intervening litigation Um, to make their arguments about how their interests uh, were harmed by the decision. So now that case is uh, before the Supreme Court, and they will not hear the case until February, and we could be waiting as long as June for a decision. 
Yeah, many of those, lots of those states weren't even along the border, right? They're some of the ones who sued. Yeah, that's um, still a mystery to all of us along the border, how interior states that, sure, might be receiving people coming from the border, but um, don't have that close nexus as in they're a border community and they're being immediately impacted. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty, pretty venal stuff. And the the other issue I want to raise for people is the narrative is that we're in a crisis. The border is in a crisis. Uh, there's so many people. We can't possibly help them all. Uh, we closed the border for over two years. So, of course, there's going to be more people um, because we've made it impossible for people to access. However, the ports of entry have contingency plans for mass migration events. This is something that um, was learned during the context of our litigation um, against CBP around access to the port of entry. And we see that the government is capable of responding rapidly in a, a manner that is consistent with human dignity and how it responded to 30,000 Ukrainians showing up in Tijuana this spring. In some days, CBP accepted as many as a thousand Ukrainians in a given day, whereas on those days they were accepting zero of other nationality. And they were able to get up to speed so quickly because every port of entry has a contingency plan. We are the United States government. We are arguably one of the most powerful, well-resourced governments on earth. If you buy the line that this is a crisis and we don't have a contingency plan, then we've got a lot of work to do here. Um, and so it's not, it's a, it's a manufactured crisis. Uh, we have the resources. We have the personnel. CBP has the largest law enforcement budget of all the law enforcement agencies in the federal government. And they have tens of thousands of personnel. It's what we lack is the political will and the emotional capital to do what we've already agreed to under U.S. federal law, as well as the refugee convention, which we signed uh, following World War II, which was designed to prevent further genocide, further persecution of large groups of people. Um, but we continue to renege on on, on those uh, obligations to which we agreed to. Yeah, yeah. Like when we talk about genocide and persecution, like I personally know uh, people from Myanmar who are really struggling with the United States asylum system right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, yeah, it, it's really deeply um, just infuriating to see them continue to pursue this kind of uh, like waving my hands in the air, I don't know what to do kind of thing. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. 
That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Let's talk a little bit about Joe Biden and his policies because, like, they've been lackluster or just completely, like, in some cases, you know, he he's issued executive orders which basically have gone unfulfilled, right, um, regarding asylum. Um, so they made a statement a few weeks ago now when Biden visited the border. Um, can you explain what he said in that statement and then sort of what the Biden administration hasn't done to, to clear up the asylum system that it promised it would do? The Biden administration made a lot of promises on the campaign trail, um, made an effort to put advocates in places in DHS, other key positions to give the appearance that it was serious about reform and treating immigrants in a way that is dignified and humane. Um, But what we've seen is a continuation of Trump policies which restrict access to the border. For example, um, the new asylum ban that they are proposing through regulation where individuals that have transited through another country um, and did not seek asylum in that country, even if that country was not a safe country for them, um, that they would be precluded from applying for asylum. A lot of people are, have been enthusiastic about these new parole programs for specific nationalities like Nicaraguans, Venezuelans, um, Haitians, Cubans. However, those programs are really just scraps. Um, they have a 30,000 person cap. Um, the Ukrainian parole program had a 100,000 person cap, which has already been surpassed. surpassed. Um, Ukrainian sponsors, as well as the Ukrainian asylum seekers that were presenting through that parole program had much less by way of requirements. Um, and so they've made a, a separate and not equal program for other nationalities, which just happen to be nationalities that aren't white. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard not to see a kind of uh, white people first approach to asylum here. Uh, yeah. I, I, it certainly challenges your ability not to believe it's outright racist. So I wonder, like, going forward, um, obviously people listening will probably be sort of upset and concerned at the continuing failures of our government to do anything about it. Can you outline, like, how people can help? I know uh, there's, there's lots of people who will do direct mutual aid, right? Like people like Food Not Bombs are, are feeding 
people in Tijuana, but how can folks maybe who are at the border and then who aren't near the border, how can, how can they help? Well, organizations that are at the border, including ourselves, mm-hmm. do work with volunteers that are remote, um, particularly if they have a foreign language skill, because we can't serve tens of thousands of people each year with just the staff that we have. Um, and so we have a really robust uh, remote volunteer network. Um, I would also encourage people, as you pointed out, to look for organizations in their own community that are serving immigrants. It is incredibly humbling to move to another country and realize you don't know how to read the light bill. Um, You don't know how to register your kids for school. Can your kids go to school? Where can I go to the doctor? Uh, What, you know, what is an ambulance? What, you know, do I not have to pay for that? All of these things that might be different for them and and a real lack of volunteers to assist people with those daily integration activities um, that are so important to, to figuring out how your new community works. Um, I also encourage people to, when there's an opportunity to have conversations with your elected official, to have those conversations, write emails, go in person if that's an opportunity. Different officials will have open days for their offices where you might be able to get maybe not FaceTime with that official, but with their point person who is overseeing that issue. Right now, our elected officials, they don't care about immigration uh, because a lot of their constituents are not making it known to them what it is that they care about and that they're willing to go to drastic measures such as shutting down their office um, if they don't take action on immigration. We're all just thinking about it as, okay, well, this is happening to immigrants. This is not me. I am a citizen. But all of the worst fascist policies are tried out first on groups in in society that have less political power, um, on people that have criminal convictions, on people who have disabilities that make it impossible for them to communicate, um, on immigrants. And so I would really encourage If you're concerned about fascism, if you're concerned about how your rights may be trampled in the future, focus on immigrants because they are the testing ground for a lot of of fascist government's worst intentions. Yeah. And we've already seen that, right? If people aren't familiar, it was Bortak, among others, who were out there running around Portland, chucking people into unmarked vans. It was DHS drones surveilling people in Minneapolis. Um, it was indeed DHS surveilling, uh, I think, people from Malotrolado and other organizations in 2018 when uh, lots of us were crossing the border very often uh, to, to help people who were a part of um, what was called the migrant caravan then. And so like this, this is happening to us, right? There's a thing that Crime Think have on some of their posters, which I always like, which is uh, the border doesn't protect you, it controls you which I think is is more true than ever now. Like it, it's this sort of, yeah, it's a place where we experiment with these policies and they seem to they seem to get away with them, right? Like it, it doesn't seem to be something that people care about like they did even two or three years ago under the Trump administration. I wonder, Nicole, like how can people, another thing that I think people lack is like a direct connection to people seeking asylum or, or to the situation at the border, right? Like every time something happens, I'm sure you've seen this more often than I have. Um, someone from LA or DC or New York or wherever kind of parachutes into border communities 
does a, a, <laughs> I can see that this is the frustration that you share. It does a story which misses masses of context and then buggers off back to the place where they came from. And so, like, uh, where, where can people find better connections to the situation for people seeking asylum? I really like uh, a blog, and it's also um, a podcast every week, Border Chronicles, Todd Miller's Border Chronicles. Mm -hmm. I also would recommend reading all of Todd Miller's books. He uh, is an incredible investigative journalist that does a deep dive on how we got to this militarized state of the yeah. border. Um, so I, I would recommend starting with Border Patrol Nation and just going straight through there. Um, I also think uh, ProPublica also does really great investigative long dive reporting. The Intercept, I, w I would look at those places. Yeah, yeah. And I think yeah, if you're in a border community, like it's really not that hard to cross and see what's going on for yourself and, and do a little something to help, you know, make some of your, your money that you set aside for helping other people can go a long way um, if, if you choose to use it that way. And Nicole, how can people support your work directly? Like, is there a website or a Twitter account they can follow to find more about Alotro Lado? Yeah, we do have our own website. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Uh, we regularly post opportunities to volunteer remotely, volunteer in person, um, and campaigns that if people want to donate to, um, there's that opportunity as well. Great. And is there anything else you want to share about uh, that you feel that our listeners should know, maybe if they haven't been following border situation closely? The border situation is part of a larger historical context. And I, briefly, I talked about earlier, the U.S. is a signatory to the Refugee Convention, which mm -hmm. is an outgrowth of, of the horror that the world collectively felt um, when we came to grips with what happened during the Holocaust. And, you know, we collectively said, never again, never again. Uh, part of our part in, in the Holocaust was we rejected the MS St. Louis from the coast of Florida. And there was over 900 Jewish refugees that were on that boat. No other country accepted them. Cuba, Canada rejected and ultimately had to go back to Europe. And some of those people ultimately died um, in the Holocaust. And, and those deaths are, are on our conscience. Uh, and any time the asylum seekers are being turned away along the border when they have the legal right to present themselves under existing U.S. law and international law. It's a it's a repetition of the MS St. Louis, except it's happening all across the border every single day. Yeah, that's very well put. And it it is like, yeah, it doesn't matter if it's one person or 100 people. Like, it's a tragedy every time uh, we can't give some. We have plenty of safe places for people to go, but we're deciding not to not to welcome them. And yeah, it's very, very sad. Well, thank you so much for giving us some of your afternoon, Nicole. Um, if, yeah, if people want to find you personally, do you have a personal uh, social media? Yeah, I, you can find me on Twitter. Um, and I'm Luzan La Frontera on, on Twitter. Okay, great. And uh, Al Otro Lado, is it just uh, Al Otro Lado on Twitter? Yes. Al yeah. Otro Lado, sometimes we have Al Otro Lado .org, depending okay. on. So that's A-L-O-T-R-O-L-A-D-O -O 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 if people are, uh, need to spell it out, right? Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you so much. It Could Happen Here is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly, at coolzonemedia.com slash sources. Thanks for listening.
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.